Michael Jordan is leaning towards selling the Hornets potentially. Alabama basketball is losing coaches. Cam Newton thinks he should be back in the NFL. Adam Thielen thinks that the Panthers can win the Super Bowl. John Moran is back from his suspension, but didn't he learn anything? Alabama freshman Tony Mitchell was arrested and suspended from the team. What should we expect for the Sweet 16? And we revisit John Moran's comments with only two weeks left of the regular season. All this and more on this March Madness-based, football-based, and basketball-based episode of Jake's Take. Let's go! What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sermon at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake'sTill14. Later on, we will have my co-host, Christy, join us for Christy's Corner. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok, at ChristyMarie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. At Variety underscore sport underscore, your home for all sports in different forms and varieties covering different genres, whether it's baseball, college football, basketball, and racing, just to name a few. So obviously right now, our first pinpoint has to be in regards to this idea that Michael Jordan might sell the Charlotte Hornets. Now, it's just a consideration. Nothing is set in stone yet, but I was looking over a few different articles And he had mentioned that it might happen. And I mean, this is kind of like an array of thoughts because really right now with Michael Jordan as the owner, the Charlotte Hornets has not been really good. So, you know, he is a great owner too. And he's a great basketball player. I mean, he is the best basketball player ever. Sorry, LeBron fans. Sorry, Kobe fans. But I still think with this, you know, maybe he just isn't the one for this area. I mean, we've talked about this before. We've talked about how Charlotte is just one of those cities that struggles with their team and just trying to figure out what kind of, you know, team they want to be, what kind of city they want to be. So it kind of makes sense there. Now, they would be considering selling this to minority owner Gabe Plotkin and his group. Now, the Plotkin group bought a stake in the team in 2019, and it really could be something there now it was a minority stake but i also think that with this i wouldn't be surprised if it were to happen i think really with this you know michael jordan has had some struggles with this team and a big part of it has to do with just you know some of the things that they have struggled with you know whether it's coaching whether it's their record you know this is also during the tenure where they saw one of the worst records in 2012 and they also had great players too. You know, you had Kemba, and now you've got Kelly Oob and Gary Terry. But then you also had the Miles Bridges situation. And right now, really, it just kind of makes things a little bit harder just to kind of put that into clarity. So I could see it happening. Do I want to see it happening? Not really. I mean, I think Michael Jordan is really trying. But it's also just hard because, you know, this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2016. And the team has a net worth of $1.7 billion after the 2021-2022 season. And Michael Jordan had purchased this team from Bob Johnson for $180 million. So he's definitely done his fair share of work. But I don't know, you know, that's something we might just kind of have to keep our eyes peeled for. Because right now, I could see that this maybe changes the mind. Now, here's the thing with the Charlotte Hornets. Right now, they're not doing well. You know, they are already eliminated from playoff contention. And it's just kind of how life goes. So 
Really with this, is this a way for Michael Jordan to save the Charlotte Hornets for the future and make sure that they can, you know, one day return to the playoffs? We just will have to wait and see. Now, speaking of basketball, I think it's important that we highlight some March Madness here. Now, the reason why it's so important that we highlight some March Madness is because this has been a great past few games, and now we're moving into the Sweet 16 as well. Now, that's pretty huge just because with this, you know, we are still seeing what can happen, but that's the other thing to remember, and I've said it so many times, like Iron Eagle says, it's March, expect the unexpected. Nothing is set in stone. The team that we expect to win at the beginning of the year is, might not win, and it's just a lot of different questions that might come up too. So I think really for the most part, you have to look at these and just think what could happen here. Because right now, at the time of this recording, Connecticut is up big against Arkansas. But Kansas State is only up by four against Michigan State. We don't know what's going to happen next. Anything is possible, especially in March Madness, especially when you have great coaches. Remember, Eric Musselman has been to the Sweet 16 before. Yes, I know we made fun of him for taking off his shirt, but still, he's been here before. So think about this in this perspective, too. You have players who are good and coaches who are used to this. They should be able to handle this. Now, how will our SEC teams do? Really, we don't really know because right now, with Arkansas being down, they could rally back. Tennessee is obviously going to play soon. Alabama plays at the time of this recording. They'll play tomorrow. So we'll just have to really kind of see what happens. But another thing that we need to discuss, too, is Princeton. Princeton came out of nowhere. They're the Cinderella this year. Can they keep playing well and moving on to the next round? Anything really is possible. And then also with this, you know, think about it. They have played some pretty good teams. But right now, you know that there are a lot of teams who are wondering if they need to fully show up. And that's the thing about March. Sometimes it is in your head. Another thing, too, we need to highlight is how will Houston respond if they're down early? They were down early to Auburn. They came back and won that game. But can they keep doing that? Because as you get into the tournament further and further and deeper and deeper, the opponents get harder. I'm not saying that Auburn isn't a hard opponent, but I'm also saying that with this, it is very key to remember who you're playing and what team you are. So we have a lot of March Madness left. We have a lot of games left. And even though we only are in the Sweet 16, there's a lot that can still change. So keep your eyes open for what can happen in March Madness. Now, speaking of March Madness, it is important for us to highlight Alabama basketball. Now, I know you might be saying, oh, are we just doing this because Jacob went to Alabama and he's an Alabama fan? Well, yes, but also because right now Alabama has had two of their assistant coaches hired to become head coaches at prospective schools. Now, Charlie Henry is going to be hired at Georgia Southern. Brian Hogson is going to be hired at Arkansas State. And first and foremost, Nados is so proud of these two. And they've done such a great job, especially with Charlie Henry stepping in when Nados got that technical, got ejected. Charlie obviously runs the defense and really with Brian Hoxton, he's probably one of the biggest recruiters in the state. So, you know, he's going to do terrific things. But right now, this is really shaping up to be a lot like Alabama football because Alabama football replaces assistants left and right every year. 
So it's very important for us to say that Alabama is, well, technically in everything school now. You know, if they were doing so well in football and now they're doing great in basketball, they're in the Sweet 16 and they're having assistant coaches become head coaches, that's terrific. So I think with this, you know, I know that we're trying not to be biased or anything, but also Alabama fans have been waiting for this for a long time. You know, the taste of Arby's just isn't good anymore. And we've waited so long to have a great basketball team. And Nate, Brian Hogston, Charlie Henry, Antoine Petway have done a terrific job doing this, especially with Greg Byrne and all the support. You know, we have seen so much growth with this team. Also, please, please, please keep Antoine Petway. Antoine Petway played at Alabama. He's been a terrific help throughout his time at Alabama. And we're so grateful for him. So I think with this, you know, I'm super excited and super proud of these teams who are hiring terrific coaches. But let's send them out with a championship. You know, right now, they aren't going to start their new positions until the end of the season and the end of the tournament. So let's send them out with a bang. Let's send them out with a way to say that we are thankful for all that they did because really with this, Brian has been by Nate's side for such a long time. And I think with this too, Charlie, you know, had his time with the G League and he followed Nate. Really with this, you know, these are two of Nate's prodigies. And to see that they have their shot now to become head coaches, I know he's so proud of them too. So we're all super thankful for everything you've been able to do Brian and Charlie, and we cannot wait to see what you do at the next level. Now, with this, Alabama does play San Diego State at the time of this recording. They play on Friday. So right now, really, with this, it is very important to see how they play. You know, San Diego State is a really good team, so we need to see that Alabama can match up against this challenge. And it's Friday, so you know what time it is. It's time for Christie's Corner. Join Christy as she breaks down some different news, whether it's about Cam Newton thinking he can go back to the NFL, what the status is with Bryce Young at his pro day, and that Adam Thielen thinks that the Panthers can win a Super Bowl without really anything. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Welcome back to another episode of Christy's Corner. I don't think I have any heard it here first, but there's a lot of new news to cover. So my first topic is a little sad and heavy. Um, and we're talking about the player Foster Moreau. Foster is a tight end and he's been with the Raiders for the past four seasons. He played for LSU. Um, he was actually just entering his free agency era and during one of his physicals by the team doctor's it was discovered that he has Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, Hodgkin's lymphoma is a cancer that attacks your lymphatic system and eventually your immune system. So he has decided to step back, focus on his health, go through all the treatments. Uh, he's only 25, which is something he has going for him. I know at a younger age, it's easier to fight any illness, especially cancer. And this type of cancer does have a survival rate of 89%. So it's hard to say whether we will see him back on the field as an NFL player. I mean, if you look at Jonathan Mechie, who had cancer, and I think he has beaten it. If not, it's 
it's definitely subdued and I think we're expecting to see him next season. So it's possible that we have not seen the end of Foster, but of course our thoughts and prayers are definitely with him. On to a more lighthearted topic in some people's opinions is Cam Newton. Oh, Cam Newton never seems to go away or disappear. He always puts himself in situations um, that people are going to talk about. So Cam Newton threw at Auburn's Pro Day for up-and-coming receivers and draft prospects. Um, Cam is most famously known for being the Panthers and New England's quarterbacks and really not doing too much with those teams, especially in New England. His, I guess, biggest highlight from this Auburn Pro Day was a 50-yard pass, but this 50-yard pass was to his younger brother. And I think that does matter. You're obviously going to have a lot more chemistry with a family member that you're throwing to. And how many times have they thrown the football to each other in the backyard and practice with each other? So I feel like if you're going to make a 50-yard pass, it's going to be with your brother. So, you know, people say, yeah, he was pretty amazing, the things he was doing. But he was throwing again in just isolation. That's a lot different than an NFL pass rush. And we've seen that he crumbles under that. He crumbles under pressure. He crumbles in an actual game, especially if he gets outside the pocket. And Cam made a statement that he is better than the 32 quarterbacks that there are right now. If that's true, why is he not on the team right now? He had his opportunity, so why would a team let him go if he is better than 32 quarterbacks? I think Cam needs to rethink his career. Maybe he can make a good backup again, but I just don't see him being that generational five-star quarterback that people once thought he was going to be and that he still thinks he is. I've even seen tons of memes, and I'm not sure if any of these memes had truth to them, that players were not excited to be catching passes from Cam Newton. So it's not like he's a hot wanted commodity right now in the NFL, and I don't think there are too many teams that are truly interested in him. But another Pro Day update is from Bryce Young. I do like this one. Um... The pro day that he was a part of really intrigued the Panthers. They are really, really looking at signing Bryce and drafting Bryce. And, of course, the Panthers now have the number one pick in the draft as they traded for that. Um, something interesting to note is back in the combine in Indy, Bryce weighed in at 204 pounds and he was 5'10". And his size was a factor. It was a hot topic for a while. Here at the Pro Day, he declined to weigh in. But I noticed some of the scouters' notes. Um, and they were talking about his diet and what he was eating for dinner. He had scallops and salad. So they made a note of that and said that he does stick to his diet. He's very regimented. He's very disciplined. And I do think that says a lot. A lot of the notes also said that size is not going to be a factor when they're deciding on Bryce Young. So, And I think that's how it should be. 
We've seen what he can do. I think he's proved himself. I don't think there's anything left to prove. Some other notes I read were an A-plus for poise, A-plus for accuracy, A-plus when he's outside of the pocket. I mean, that's all you ask in a quarterback, so... I didn't really see anything negative about him and the notes from all of the people who attended. Another team to watch is the Seahawks. The Seahawks, including Pete Carroll and their general manager, requested a private meeting, and I think that happened on Thursday with Bryce. Now, I think they have the number five pick. I don't think he's going to make it to number five, so unless they're trading somehow to get a higher pick, I don't see them attaining him. I really think we're going to see Bryce go first and go to the Panthers. And if that happens, we may just see Bryce in his first Super Bowl as a rookie. Well, according to Adam Thielen, anyway. Adam Thielen spoke with Pat McAfee, which that's a whole different story we can get into later. But I'm not a huge fan of him. I just think he's obnoxious. But... He said, Adam Thielen said he wanted to go somewhere where he felt like he had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl, and he felt like that was Carolina. He sat down with their new coach, Frank Reach, their general manager, and I think he just likes the culture and the buy-in to the program. Now, they do have more work to do. They have signed a couple people who are going to help them. They have quarterback Andy Dalton. Now, will he be a backup? Will he start? Depending on what happens with Bryce, we're not sure. They did sign running back Miles Sanders and tight end Hayden Hurst, so they do have some weapons already. It is still going to be a rebuilding year for them, and I do think they have a lot more to work on with offense, but I think with Frank Reich as their coach, I think they can do it. Super Bowl is a little high of a goal. I do think their record's going to be better than it was last year, and it really wasn't that bad. And I could almost, okay, maybe here is a heard it here first. I could almost, I know it's super early, but I could say we might see them in at least the first round of playoffs next season. So maybe come back and tell me I was right. And, of course, it is March Madness still. We're into the Sweet 16 now. And we have controversy, not controversy with Alabama. So, Nick Saban was talking about a defensive back from his team, from the football team, Tony Mitchell. And he had been suspended following the team's spring break for arrest on a charge of marijuana possession. And... Obviously, Nick Saban's going to deliver consequences for that. Um, He's quoted in saying, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing as being in the wrong place and the wrong time. So the media jumped all over that because of the situation with Nate Oates and the basketball team and their star player, Brandon Miller, who was caught up in... Something to do with the scene of the shooting with the other basketball player and Darius Miles. We don't know exactly what happened, but somehow the gun was supposedly in Brandon Miller's car. And Nate Oates had said that he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So people took Nick Saban's quote and thought he was throwing jabs at Oates. 
Well, they have both come out and had interviews and saying that was not true. Um, Nick Saban did not watch that press conference, so he had no idea that Nate Oates used those words. And Nick Saban actually showed up at the basketball team's Wednesday practice at Coleman Coliseum before they left for Louisville to play in their Sweet 16 game. So there's no controversy there. It was just a coincidence, the same use of words. I feel like that's a pretty common phrase. Um, There's obviously always things people are going to pick apart, especially when you have two high-profile teams like this. But I think Nick Saban wishes the best for Alabama's basketball team, of course. And I just wanted to give a little shout-out to my hometown boy, Nazi Johnson from the Chiefs. He's their safety, obviously, is now a Super Bowl champion. Um, In my hometown in May, we have a huge festival. It's called the Apple Blossom Festival. And we always have a sports marshal who does lots of different events and then rides in the Grand Feature Parade. Um, Last year, it was Terry Bradshaw. So we get some huge names. They just named two co-sports marshals today for this year's festival. It is Eric Dickerson, who is most famously known as a player from the Rams. And then the next one is Nazi Johnson. So I just wanted to say congratulations to him. And we can't wait to see you in the parade and cheer you on. So I'm sure we'll have lots of basketball news for you next time. Bye. And as always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. I definitely think that we have a lot that really needs to be discussed. And yeah, I mean, Clay Travis definitely must be very bummed out to know that Nate Oates and Nick Saban never had any drama. So you can definitely take that and put that in your pipe, Clay. Also, definitely really weird for Adam Thielen to make that guess that the Panthers will go to the Super Bowl. But I mean, you know, he's excited. He just got there. And also, you know, I just wanted to be known that there were a lot of teams in Tuscaloosa, and I really thought that the Panthers were going to take Bryce out to one of our local staples, you know, Buffalo Phils or something like Taco Mama or Taco Casa. But no, they went to a really nice restaurant. But my friends on Twitter from Alabama Gump Nation were having fun by saying if they were going to go to Taco Casa or Taco Mama and have those ridiculously long lines, that would have been fun. Oh, well, it didn't happen. But moving on really to this, I feel like with the Alabama Pro Day being in the books and Bryce having a really terrific day, I think that definitely cements his opportunity to be a top draft pick. There are some thoughts, too, about, you know, the Seattle Seahawks getting him. They were excited. They were there. They took a selfie together, and Pete looked like he enjoyed it. So anything is really possible, but we'll just kind of have to look forward to that and discuss that more on our Tuesday episode. Now back to our focus with basketball, and it comes with some information about John Morant and how he is now back from suspension. Now Memphis has done well without Jaw in the lineup. You know they had success last year. They've had success this year, but they've also been hurt a lot by the injury bug. Remember, Brandon Clark was out hurt, and then Stephen Adams has been hurt, and Brandon Clark actually tore his Achilles, so he's not going to be playing at all the rest of the year. So getting Jaw back definitely did help. But it still feels like the punishment was light. I feel like with this, 
you know, it should have been a longer suspension or maybe it should have been some fines as well. But also I'm very unsure why Taylor Jenkins didn't give him a punishment either. I know it's one of those things where, you know, you don't kick someone while you're down. But still, it was definitely, you know, a little weird for me to not see Taylor Jenkins do anything because Taylor Jenkins seems like he has a good relationship with his players and his team. Now, with this, it also kind of has to be seen of, is Ja going to still act mature towards this performance? And right now, you know, it's too early to see. You know, basically, he came off the bench and he was able to do his focus, which is good. But still, I mean, has he really learned anything? He needs to be a leader. You know, he was the first round pick, second overall He's had a terrific past few years, but he's still trying to be immature or someone he's not. And that's where things are getting difficult. I think with Jaw right now, he needs to figure out how he's going to grow, what type of person he's going to be. And remember, he's only still in his 20s, so he'll figure it out. But still with this, this just not is not him. I feel like he's trying to be someone else and it's causing a rift between him and some fans. You know, the fans were excited that he was back, but still with this, you know, Memphis went from a team that everyone was rooting for to people kind of being annoyed at what Memphis can do. Now, the last thing I want to revisit is John Morant's comments about in his interview when asked if there's anyone he's worried about in the West. Now, John Morant was in an interview with Malika Andrews a few weeks ago where he was asked if there's any team that he's worried about. And his response was, nah, I'm fine in the West. And that obviously has not really helped out too, too much because with this, the West is kind of all over the place. And really with this, I think it's very important to look into this and just say that maybe they're not fine in the West. Let me be specific. Right now, when you look at the teams in the NBA Western Conference, there are only three teams that have 40 wins. The 4th seed and the 12th seed are separated by three games. So really right now, if the 4th seed goes on a losing streak or if the 12th seed goes on a winning streak, then everything can change. How will this change in the next two weeks? We have two weeks left of games. So right now, it's really tight in the West. So if you slip up once, then it's over. Now, I'm saying this as a Pelicans fan where the Pelicans are in the 12th spot. And right now, because they're in the 12th spot, they are trying to win out and make the playoffs. But you also have other teams, too, who are struggled. Remember, the Lakers originally at the beginning of the season were struggling. Now they've got it all figured out somehow. Or the Mavericks, they make that giant trade for Kyrie Irving. And now Kyrie's hurt and they just lost a game to the Golden State Warriors where Mark Cuban is actually going to protest the loss, which I didn't know that you could actually do that. So really with this, anything can happen at this time. You know, we talk about March when it comes to March Madness. March for... NBA is just as crazy. So I think with this, you know, kind of keep your eyes peeled on what could happen. You know, OKC, the Oklahoma City's Thunder, they've been doing really well recently. You know, right now, at the time of this recording, the Oklahoma City Thunder are in the eighth seed. 
Minnesota Timberwolves just got back Carl Anthony Towns in the seventh seed. And then you got teams like the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Lakers, and then the Jazz and the Pelicans have a 35 and 37 record. So anything can really happen with these teams. And that's the thing that can be concerning. So once again, John Morant saying, nah, I'm fine in the West, obviously has an impact because, you know, this could all depend on who they play. And a lot of teams are going to look at Jaws' comments and say, well, here's how we can shut him up. Here's how we can make a difference. Here's what we can do to kind of humble him. And that could be the case. So look for any of these teams to make a jump because anything can really happen at this moment. Now, what change can be expected? Really, we don't know. That's the thing about basketball. Right now, if a team kind of comes out of nowhere and wins, Kind of like what happened with the Kings. Because really, who had the Kings winning 40-plus games this year? That's where things can get interesting. So kind of just be on the lookout right now. Because really, at the end of the day, anything's possible. But that's going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We couldn't have done this without y'all. We are also celebrating three years since the conception of Jake's Take. That's right, three years ago we started Jake's Take as a COVID project. We brought it back last year and it's been terrific. And I'm so thankful for everything y'all have done over the past three years for me and supporting me and Christy at this time. We really couldn't have been here without y'all. As always, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake's 14 or my personal Twitter, at Slate by Jake. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. And as always, we will be back on Tuesday discussing March Madness, discussing some new news as well, and discussing anything that might have brought some weird ideas to our mind. But as always, thank you so much for all the support. Continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Bring smiles into the world. Continue to be a light in this world. The world still needs light and people to make smiles. And as always, as always, as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.